Let me add my welcome to the one I hope you just received. Good morning. My name is Ben, and I'm one of the pastors here at Grace, and I'm delighted to be worshiping um, our Lord with you this morning. Um, We'll open our Bibles, if you have them, to Matthew chapter 13. Isaac already read the scripture reading, uh, but we can hear it again with fresh ears. Matthew 13, verses 44 through 46. These are the words of Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding One pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me pray for us. Gracious Heavenly Father, reveal to us the value of the kingdom. Help us to treasure Christ more fully and richly. Give us the joy of the man who found the treasure. Help us to know that we can stop the search because we found it. Be with us, Lord Christ, we pray. Amen. And uh, we've been in this series, and today uh, we hear two very famous parables about the value of the kingdom of God. Here Jesus likens the kingdom to a man searching for precious pearls and finding one pearl of infinite value, a priceless pearl And he sells everything he has to possess it. Notice that he sells everything. And I imagine that means everything. So unique was that pearl. Apparently so valuable a treasure. So unlike anything on earth that the man sells everything in order to buy it. He sells his business, his property, his land. Imagine he sold his house. He sold everything. Sold his closet full of clothes, his personal affects, mementos from the past. Did he have a record collection? Was it legit? He sold that too. It says that he takes everything he has and sells it to get the pearl. I want you to imagine the man with nothing but a pearl in his hand. 
content. He owns nothing else, but he is fully satisfied, filled with peace, joy overflowing. He doesn't need anything else. He doesn't want anything else. The one pearl is enough. And the text asks us to imagine ourselves as the merchant. And we've been searching. Searching for priceless pearls. Searching for a pearl of great price. Something that will make us feel some measure of contentment and fulfillment and satisfaction. I imagine you've been searching everywhere. Popularity is a pearl. Sex is a pearl. Wealth is a pearl. Security is a pearl. Relationship is a pearl. Success is a pearl. Anything that we say, if I had it, this job, if I looked this way, had this thing, I'd be all right. Many of us have been searching for pearls, and we have many of them, and we're still searching. It's interesting because the story asks us not just to consider the value of the pearl, but it asks us to consider how all other pearls pale in comparison. How if you just scratch the surface and begin to see just how shallow and hollow most of the things we chase after are. How in receiving them, how restless our hearts still are, how vacuous and empty those pursuits still are, and how little they will mean when we die. Joseph Campbell said that the greatest tragedy in life isn't failure, but it's climbing up the ladder of success and finding that it's up against the wrong wall. Bob Dylan reflecting on the same phenomenon, said, you find out when you reach the top, you're on the bottom. And we all know, we all know like the stars or celebrities who've climbed the, the mountain of stardom and success, they have rich and fame, and they're just restless, broken people. And we've all experienced some measure of that ourselves. The world's riches. And we're lonely. And sad. And incomplete. On the other hand, I imagine that we have met people who have very little of what the world calls treasure. And yet, they act as if they are rich. And they have joy. The world may have taken a lot away from them, but they are strong and rooted. What's the difference? 
Apparently, in contrast to those other treasures, there is a pearl of value and worth. Something that's giving, worth giving up everything else to receive. Every heart craves for inner treasure. A soul rooted so that we aren't shaken by what this world can do to us. Not superficial happiness, but deeply rooted soul worth treasure. And the text is saying that that is found in Jesus Christ and in his kingdom. Jesus is the pearl of great price. And I imagine when it says Jesus and his kingdom, I just imagine it's saying everything that has to do with Jesus. (laughs) What he taught, who he was, what he accomplished for us, the package deal. He is the pearl of great price. And in him, we find peace. So a pastor sits up at night and says, how do you communicate in one sermon the value of Jesus Christ? I don't know. I can't do that. I'll just try to give three ways in which I think Jesus beats all of the pleasures in this world. And true, and the first thing I say, he helps us live better. He gives us true pleasures. In other ways, he gives us a way of life that is beautiful and treasurable. He gives us the joy of a rightly ordered life. There's so many folks that I know who grew up in the evangelical church and have wounds from the church, and the church can cause wounds. Um, And they're trying to unwrap that knot and figure out if they still believe in Jesus. I have different wounds. I have secular wounds. I grew up around families. Most of them were deeply broken. Parents who were absentees. My parents' friends smoked pot with me, which I thought was kind of funny, but it didn't make me a better person. And it didn't make me feel safe. And it didn't make me feel loved. And so when I came into the church, one of the things that deeply attracted me to Jesus was rightly ordered families. People who cared about their marriages and stuck in them when they were hard. Parents who cared for kids and acted like they loved them. People who set up boundaries and said, sometimes you shouldn't do the thing you want to do because it might hurt you in the end. I was listening to a comedian, very funny individual, and as he was talking, he was revealing his pleasures, his treasures, and his set was, fil- it was very funny, it was filled with stories of drunkenness in uh, an airport and how he needed his handlers to help him get through. He, he told a story about smoking marijuana with uh, Snoop Dogg. 
and teaching his son to do the same, and then to tell him to keep it a secret from his mom. And then he talked about uh, watching porn with his son. And uh, he's so skilled at humor, you'd almost laugh. But then you realize what he's saying, and you just ask the question, is this it? Is this it? Is this what pleasure, enjoyment is? Is this all that life has to offer us? These joys? And some of us hear that and you think, what is this? Some of the people listening to Jesus were listening, talking about this stuff. And they were like, I don't know what he's going on about. And then they spent their lives pursuing joys that will die when they do. And then other people wondered, is this it? And they heard what Jesus was saying. No, that's not it. There's a kind of joy and pleasure that the best things in this world point to but can't fulfill. And God is inviting you to that. He's inviting you to fruit of the spirit pleasures, to love pleasures, self-control, patience, goodness, kindness, eternal treasures. And so this is a story that confronts us and asks us to see where have we been spending time, energy, on money, on things that do not satisfy that are shallow and hollow, to take a hard look at those things and say, how do I let go of them to make room for true treasure? It's what confronts the young rich man who has to stop organizing his life around money so he can follow Jesus. Or the woman at the well who has to stop organizing her life around physical intimacy instead to see God who created her as her lover and her treasure. It's what confronted the tax collector Zacchaeus that he had to stop organizing his life around business practices that misused people to surrender his life to Jesus. James and John had to let go of their anger to surrender their life to Jesus and find greater joy. Peter had to let go of his fears and lies. Pilate would have had to let you let go of his misuse of power. The Pharisees would have had to let go of self-righteousness. Sin in our life It isn't like saying a dirty word or going to the wrong movies. It's so often that we're caught treasuring the wrong things. Making even good things ultimate things. When we're caught devaluing the things that really matter. Could the pearl be an ethic and heart that reorients our lives around things that matter? And could the selling of everything be the discovery of a rightly ordered life? Jesus is asking us to lose in order to gain. 
He's asking us to live better. It's a treasure. It's a treasure that allows us to live better. It is also a treasure that allows us to die better. In a few weeks, we will celebrate Ash Wednesday. The yearly reminder of our mortality, Merry Christmas. (laughs) When we place ashes on our heads and say, remember, from dust you came, to dust you shall return. A reminder that the elevator for each of us is going down. And as fast as we try to run from it, we can't stop it. Life is 100% fatal. I read once that your IQ is highest from ages 18 to 25. At 25, your brain begins to shrink and to fill with liquid, which is to say that every day after the age of 25, you are uglier and dumber than you were the day before. And college students are laughing and stuff, but the rest of us are like, yeah. (laughs) That kind of, that's terrible. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Nothing guarantees you tomorrow. Every moment brings us closer to the moment when we will step out of this world forever and beyond the horizon of life. And beyond there, there is a never-ending distance. And the only hope that you will cross the threshold of forever into peace is Jesus. Jesus is the pearl of great price, not only because he helps us to live well, but he ensures that we will be enabled to die well. He is the ladder between heaven and earth. He is the pearl of great price because while we were yet sinners, he died for us and bore our sins in his body on the cross and shed his blood for the ungodly. Jesus died so that we could see the one who sits on the throne of the world is a one who sits on a throne of mercy and grace. And at his feet, Rebels become righteous. At his feet, sinners become saints. Strangers become sons. And the dead rise. Funerals tend to put things into perspective. And I had the privilege and honor of performing a funeral for a 17-year-old boy yesterday. Who died tragically from a two-year battle with cancer. And I think about what mattered to him and his family at the end. And I promise you it wasn't what they had. I promise you it was the reality of eternal things. I promise you it was the gospel. I promise you it was security in heaven, knowing where he would be. That's what mattered. That he had this... The seeds of the kingdom planted in his heart. That's what gave peace. It is very valuable. So he helps us to live well. 
He helps us to die well. And he says, how, do you see how valuable this is? There's one other thing I want you to see. It's also seen, saying, do you see how valuable you are? Because you can't buy this. You didn't earn it. He is the one who sold all to get it for you. And so there's another way to read the parable. That Jesus is the merchant and the pearl of great price is you. It's one of the reasons I love the treasure in the field. The field is almost always Israel in God's parables. So I read it like a like Jesus himself coming to the barren field of Israel's life and saying, I see treasure. I'm going to buy this field. And everybody else is like, why would you want that field? It hasn't borne fruit ever. And Jesus is like, you don't know what I can do with a field. I see something valuable. Or, or imagine he is the, he sold everything, his kingdom, his house, he's naked on the ground, one thing in his hands, and it's your life. And he's content, fulfilled, fully satisfied, because he has you. It's just the gospel. And it is a gift. And we must learn to treasure it and remember it because you never know what life's going to do to you. This is the kingdom of God and it's worth everything. And when you give everything for it or when it takes it all from you, it costs you nothing. Do you have ears? You should listen. Let me pray for us. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the treasure of the kingdom that helps us to live better by giving us real pleasures that last and pointing us to the things that matter. Thank you, Jesus, for helping us die better so that we can give our deaths away to the ones who love us by letting them know that we are secure. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us a new identity. That our value isn't found in what we have or don't have or what we do or don't do. It's found in your eyes and in how much you value and love us. Help us to treasure you fully and richly today. We give you praise and thanks. In Christ's name, amen.